Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Slaughter Podcast will be discussing topics that some listeners may find disturbing. If you're still listening, help me. Send help now. Lucy keeps making me talk about murder. <laughs> oh my god, Killing Season episode 5. Killing Season, I've blitzed it all in a weekend and I barely know what's happening. Barely. Everyone's Someone's murdered dying. and we don't know who. Someone's murdered and we don't know who is They're the impression everyone. I got. There's no fucker left. No, it's crazy. It's like 500. Just like now they're like. Oh, and there was these three murders and these three murders. And now there's 500 murders. They're like, yeah, the police knew about these ones and they thought, okay. Patrick Mackay. Patrick Mackay. Mackay. I did. First thing I put was, show Emma a picture. Quite fit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one, you've got this reputation for like rating them. Maybe we should do that. Can someone on the Facebook please do like serial killer attractiveness rating? Um, I don't know though because there's quite a lot of Patrick Mackay was quite into the photo booth thing and like just taking pictures of going in on his own and taking pictures so there's quite a few that I've seen of him just like if he if like camera phones were around and he could do selfies that'd yeah. be, he'd be like the Instagram king but some of them are quite terrifying like yeah. even like where he's okay like so there's one where he looks quite normal so he's practicing for his mug in shot. a little suit and then you can see on his hand that's holding his jacket, that it's like covered in bruises, all his knuckles. He's obviously beating the shit out of somebody. Oh my god. There's another one where, have you seen the one where he's eating a burger? Like, no. there's one where he's shoving a burger in his mouth and like ripping it apart like an animal, like oh. those teeth. And there's another one where he's just doing crazy eyes. And there's another one where he's in his little uniform that he's made, which we'll talk about. Yes, later. the little uniform. Like, so yeah, even though he was kind of cute, the pictures I've seen are terrifying. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about psychopaths, I mean, he, he's definitely a psychopath. Yeah. Like, from the start. Like, he was born born a psychopath. A lot of this that I got was from their documentary hosted by Fred Dynage. I'm Fred Dynage. From How To. I love Fred Dynage. I used to always watch How To. That was one of my favourites. Any, like, 90s British kids... You'll know what we're talking about. I was more of an art attack person. Oh, I did watch How To, but I was all about Neil Buchanan and begging my mum for like, I need more papier-mâché! <laughs> <laughs> I need a balloon and the papier-mâché right now, mother! <laughs> so, um, Patrick Mackay was born in 1952 um, by parents who had met in South America. Um, and his mother apparently was kicked in the stomach by his father while she was pregnant. Yeah, not a great beginning to things. Not a good start. So, I mean, 
possibly hit in the head as a baby, as a fetus. That's pretty. She probably squished him about a bit. No, I'm sure. Yeah, shoved him in. Um, had a pretty troubled childhood. Yeah, so his dad and his mum obviously met sort of around when he was as a soldier, right, in the war. And I think his dad, he was a heavy drinker yeah. and suspected like PTSD. Yeah. Post-traumatic in his prison journals later, Mackay would say that when his dad would get drunk, that's when memories would come back to him and he would lash out violently, particularly at his mum and at Patrick. Yeah, beat up the wife, beat up the son. I think he worked as an accountant when he moved back to the UK, um, which... Mind-numbing. Yeah, sounds awful. Uh, sorry if you're a accountant, but that's my worst job. I've, actually, I uh, my first job was um, in the accountant's office. Oh, really? It was a friend of my dad's, and I he had his own company, and he hired me, I think, to be nice. I was getting paid, like, four quid an hour, which was okay, for like an just like 17 year old yeah. um but i hated it I mean, the women who worked in the office hated me for no reason um there wasn't enough work for me so like they'd it'd be like count how many of these brochures i've got i'd do it <laughs> guess like, how many beans are in this jar <laughs> so like i'd do it in like 10 minutes and be like can i have another job now and he'd be like oh like oh i'm gonna have to find something else to do but i couldn't sit there doing nothing because these two women were like giving me daggers all the time so in the end he was like right do these accounts and i was like and he didn't even have like software on the computers he had like a really old it's almost like a calculator but it prints as it goes right and i couldn't fucking do the accounts like they took forever if you made one mistake and it was like pages and pages of it then you'd have to go back and redo the whole thing it was awful did you go out kicking pregnant women afterwards i I would have done so imagine it was pretty shit for patrick mckay's dad too Um, (laughs) and those bitches giving him daggers yeah getting all the accounts wrong but you might think the story got better because when patrick was 10 years old his dad went off and died of a heart attack (laughs) It's the way you said it. An accountancy-related heart. I don't know that it was a cat, but he had a heart attack and died when he was ten. Aww. And there was another thing similar to um, when we talked about Nielsen and how they said that his granddad's death and seeing the body was really a forming experience for yeah. him. Who said that when his dad died, Patrick wasn't allowed to see the body or attend the funeral, and so it affected him in that he didn't believe that he was dead. And yeah. Which, do you know what, is pretty sensible. Because if you remember, one of my ex-boyfriends said his dad had died of a heart attack when he was a child. And then one day I was like, "Have you? where's his grave? Oh, I don't know. Turned out he wasn't even dead. We should see his grave. Why did you never, like... That is bullshit. Think, what has he left me as oh, a yeah, child? Oh, yeah, because then you helped, like... The then we tracked him down him. on Facebook. Yeah, that, I mean, that is so fucked up. So make sure you've seen the body is the lesson from this. I'm with Patrick on this one. <laughs> yeah, fair play. I mean, like, I lost my dad a few years ago and I didn't go see the body, but it, it is... Yeah, but you went to the funeral. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like... But it, there is always in the back of your mind, it's a bit like, it, this could be a big lie. I mean, people said, do I want to go see the body? And I just, I wasn't interested. But it did make me think, like, you never know. And like, why would people lie to me? But unless you've actually seen it, you do never know, really. And if we've all, we've all watched Stranger Things... She yeah. was showing the body of her child. Yeah. Turned out it was prosthetic. <laughs> so if you ever see a dead body, get it with an eye. Just double check. So basically, see the body, but you don't have to. 
It's your choice. Yeah. Um, also, the last words his dad said to him were, remember to be good. Didn't fucking listen, did he? But he had beat the shit out of him his whole life, so... So he rebelled. I mean, it massively... He was just ruined from then. Oh, it was horrible. Like, at school, he would have extreme tantrums, fits of anger. Um, Some of the kids that he went to school with said that um, he had to have, like, lessons separately to the rest of them. And, I mean, I've got a child like this currently, and I do worry that he is going to kill me. As the teacher, you're a prime target. You force them to do things they don't want to (laughs) all day long. Um, so he began to be cruel and abusive to his mother and his sisters as well and it's sort of rec- it said in the um, in the documentary he had the McDonald triad yes which is um, number one three issues you might have that show you're going to be a serial killer cruelty to animals ding 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 yes it was awful he threw his pet tortoise onto a fire I know that's awful it's terrible I mean tortoises are pretty hardy like and they I, live forever. I've got one, and he was attacked by a fox. He went missing for three months. He's still going strong. Oh, maybe he was just born in the wrong country. If this was Florida, and he, <laughs> we could have, you know, said, yeah, this is a barbecue delicacy. <laughs> yeah. Not here. Or went to the alligator park in the Everglades, and they were like, yay, alligators! Do you want one to eat? <laughs> like, do you want a head <laughs> to take home with you? Yeah, I we was had... like, I thought you're pro alligators, and you're selling me body parts. <laughs> Uh, the second one was cruelty to animals yes arson so setting fires so you combine them both with the poor tortoise Uh, also with the the animals he uh, pinned down birds in the road so they'd get run over so he could look at like the aftermath Um, and then the third one bedwetting and there's a bit of evidence of that but it's hard to know for sure isn't it I mean people don't write in their diary wet the bed today it is difficult and I know that a lot of information for about Patrick's childhood comes from when he was in prison. His attorney suggested that he write his memoirs yeah. of his, and write his life story. So a lot of the finer details of his childhood come from Mackay years later in prison. So it's hard to know yeah. the extent. Um, but he had all these three by some accounts. So he was probably going to end up pretty pretty mad and it's i mean and he from, wasn't overlooked he was he was put into institutions yeah, from ye- really young ages wasn't it um, um yeah i think age 13 yeah when he set fire to a catholic church yeah put in um, an institution he held his family hostage at age 11 saying he was going to burn down the house um he was put on a ward then um and he was Diagnosed as psychopathic, or as the uh, documentary said, schizoid. Oh my goodness, <laughs> schizoid. They said numerous times. Not a phrase we hear very often. No, it was difficult. There was. I watched an interview with the policewoman who was sort of like the key worker for the family. She said she'd have to visit them like four times a week. Amy Tapp. Um, and one documentary I watched, they interviewed her later. But then there was a second one that I watched, Born to Kill. Um, where there was an interview with her, like, in the 70s, and her, you could see that how her terminology had changed. In the 70s <laughs> interview, she was like, you had to go around and he was just mental. You know, he was absolutely mental. And people should have seen this mental behaviour because he was mental. You could see a woman at her wit's end. She was like, I just didn't know what to do. She was going around this house all the time, having to calm him down, like, oh. talk him back into some rational state. I mean, it is scary because... 
um, antisocial personality disorder, which is basically psychopathy. Um, you, you can't be diagnosed with it till you're 18, but you have to show traits of being antisocial from before you're 15. So if you, I mean, if you can't be diagnosed with that before you're 18, he's possibly got no statement of anything if he's normal intelligence and everything. So mm. there's a limit to what you can do with him. Um, his mother went to the extent of trying to take the whole family back to so him and his sisters to South America for support. So she thought, well, I haven't got, obviously, the father around. I'm going to go back and my family's going to support us. It lasted three weeks. But they were like, please leave. Please go back. Yeah. Um, lots of arguments, terrible rows. So they moved back to England. He continued to abuse his family. He attempted suicide by drowning, stabbing and gassing himself. Now, I did... I did feel for him at this point... Because at this point, he's not a serial killer. He's not a murderer. He is a child who's, who's had several suicide attempts. Yeah. And I just that's just harrowing. Like, especially for people that work with children, as we do. Yeah. To think that there is a child that is, you know, that distressed that they have more than once, more than once been helped and then gone back and just really wanted to end their life. I found that really upsetting. Yeah. And I just think... And he did have it. I mean, he went to... He was committed to a hospital for four years as a teenager. So he was getting... But I don't think at that time the hospital was helping him in the way no. that he needed to. And there's reports of... Very reactive, wasn't it? Kind yeah. of like, he's done this, now we're reacting in this way. And also, his dad had been abusing him for years and his family. And he had two sisters, but he was the only the only male in the family. And it, and it was kind of like... What, you know, you're you're a man. I know he's he was a boy, but he. I don't know how much he would have taken that on board. It's like maybe I should have been protecting these people, but I can't. And you do kind of feel for him in that he's been put in this situation as a child, where he's seen this abuse and there's nothing that he can do about it. Um, I mean, that was his model of what a dad yeah, does. He took on that role. Yeah, that's his male role model. Um, age fifteen, he tried to strangle his mother and his aunt. Um, and 16 he was sent to Mossside High Security Hospital for attacking another boy very few attempts to help him very few attempts to help him develop empathy as well I mean there is a limit to what you can do with um, people with antisocial personality disorder because I mean there isn't really a treatment there's no but then there's those things that when he was because he went to lots of approved schools and boarding schools and they they were saying that at that time they would have for his disruptive behaviour, he would have been beaten. He would have been locked in cupboards, locked in rooms. I just think, where where was his model? They're expecting him to get better and behave in a socially acceptable way, but where was the socially acceptable treatment to show him how to behave? At no point in his childhood, apart from maybe his brief spells at mainstream primary school. So I'm getting a bit angry, but like, yeah. how do? But how could he have expected to know how to behave? Yeah, he's already on the back foot because he's had a shit upbringing yeah. and then at every point his treatment is not teaching him the right way to do it what he needed was a male role model which he did get but what he what would have been perfect is like in Dexter you have a male role oh, model oh yeah because he was amazing so, hey, right you could murder people but only bad guys <laughs> like, just become a vigilante yeah, there you go done uh, but he did he did see Father Crean as a bit of a male role model for a while. Yes. Um, and they started spending some time together. They met when uh, Mackay was in his mid-teens and he was in the pub and Father Crean used to buy him drinks in the pub. Um, I think he just saw him as kind of a lost soul and he wanted to sort of make a difference, really. Yeah. Um, 
I think a few people have been like, oh, there must have been something untoward going on. I mean, the fact he's a priest, you think, (laughs) But, I mean, he worked with homeless youth was his main outreach, so it wasn't unusual that, I mean, you could say it's a perfect cover. I mean, they could have been, but just because he's a priest. There's no evidence of that. Just because he's a priest as a young boy does not necessarily mean... Just because (laughs) he makes friends with young boys by getting them drunk (laughs) doesn't mean anything. Um, so in in response to this, uh, him and Father Korean got quite friendly, but then uh, Mackay stole from him. <laughs> yeah. So he decided just to rob the man. Uh, well, um, he stole he stole a blank check and then yeah. went off. And... I mean, didn't he write thirty pounds on it? See, I've saw I've seen so many different Have amounts. You? I've seen eighty pounds, thirty pounds, fifty pounds, but less than a hundred is basically. That's quite thing. sweet, almost. It's like <laughs> I can rob you blind, but I'll just take this amount. I'll just rob you one eye blind. <laughs> I'll just rob you to a cataract amount. <laughs> um, at this point, Mackay, uh, it wasn't proven, but. Um, says that he drowned a homeless person as well. So, uh, according yes. to Mackay, that's his first murder. Um, Just threw them off a bridge, right? Yeah. Um, but obviously, like when at this time when they made friends, he'd obviously been released from institutions, and he'd become a very interesting character. Yeah. Um, he was basically the Muggle equivalent of Lord Voldemort in that. He created this name of Franklin Bolvolt the First. <laughs> yes, I love. Call me Franklin Bolvolt the First. I because mean, there will be Bol- others. Yeah. Like, get ready now. I am the first of the Franklin Bolvolt. Like, you don't get called the first until there's another one, surely. <laughs> But no, the I had first. a go. I thought maybe it is a Voldemort thing, and it's an anagram of something amazing. I tried for some time to come up with an anagram from his pseudonym and the best one I got I love that you tried this I literally was doing it for some time no lollives for Kant no lollives for Kant um, nothing great but so I set an anagram challenge to all of you who was Franklin Bolvolt yeah are they allowed to use the first in that I don't know. Let's try for both. There must be a hidden message. Yeah, what is the hidden message in Franklin Bolvolt the first? I mean, basically, he wanted a name that sounded terrifying. I mean, his quote later was that he wanted a name to be feared and remembered like Hitler's. I mean, Franklin's not the scariest name, is it? Frankie. Franklin. Hi, it's Franklin. He just sounds like a library geek, doesn't he? Excuse me, I'm Franklin. Have you got the book on the air, Patrick Mackay, available for me to borrow from the library? <laughs> he wants to read about himself. So yeah, like I said, he wanted his name to be feared like Hitler's. He was, and he was basically a Nazi at this point. Yeah. Um, he made his own little uniform. <laughs> yes. I'm making it sound cute, but I just feel like someone studied textiles at school. Like, oh, that's quite like, hard to do. Like some miss. Like he doesn't know what to do with his time. He's like, I'll oh, so little SS on my lapel, little swastika on his arm. Like he made this weird little uniform, and then went. I just think if it could have all been different, if he had gone into the Lord Voldemort route, he could have been on the cosplay scene. <laughs> yeah, could have been Avada Kedavering people, and then no one would have known anything. Where is this uniform now? That's what I want to know. I want to go to a museum that has 
all of these things that would be a grand day out for me I mean you can see a photo like I said earlier you can see where he'd been in a photo booth and taken a picture of himself in his little uniform that Aww. he'd made I mean it's it's cute but then it's Nazi it's, so it's cute not. and it's horrendous like he had at this point he had friends he'd befriended a family yeah the Cowdries and they obviously knew they must, yeah. there's a photograph where he's with the Cowdries on a sofa like a family photograph and where they're holding like Nazi memorabilia in the yeah picture. I mean they were obviously a, a bit down for it they didn't kick him out but they just let him hang out there and it was almost like a, a nice normal I mean we don't know what this family was like but we're almost like a nice normal family uh, he'd yeah. go to sleep there regularly he'd come home drunk and just like crash there um, there were a lot of lads in the family so it was almost like he was one of the boys um, and that, that was kind of like a nice safe escape for him wasn't it really the closest bit to like a stable family life that yeah I mean, aside from that, he was, because he was in that prison, his his actual home would have been his halfway house, his hostel. Yeah. Um, uh, he didn't look for work. Um, he, Why should you? He decided... Rub it! It'd be, yeah, it'd be easier just to snatch handbags from old ladies in Chelsea. So um, he, he'd just sort of run around, grab a handbag, do a runner, um, and then he sort of started breaking into houses as well, robbing things. Um, but the way that he would start to get in was very manipulative, which is quite yeah. common with psychopaths and the fact that they, they, they are intelligent. He could turn on some charm yeah. when he wanted to. Yeah, just come across as completely normal and, and a nice person to ask them if they wanted help with their shopping uh, or if they needed any jobs doing in the house. And he'd be, you know, he's quite good looking as well. So he'd be like, oh, a nice young man. A bit like Ted Bundy did. He did a lot of that, didn't he? Like, oh, can you help me get this boat on my car? Oh, and I need help unloading it. Can you just come and help me? See, I and think Ted had cute. it right, though. Ted said, will you come and help me? Which you're like, oh, sure, I'll help you. Whereas I think he's going up and like, oh, do you want me to help carry your shopping? They're already managing. Like, they're <laughs> down the street carrying their shopping. Like, the fact, like, that you're intervening... Like, if she'd asked you, oh, young man, could you oh, help me with my shopping? Fine. But if I'm yeah. an old lady carrying my shopping, no, do not help me. Do not assume. Do you know when it's, like, cutting into your hands, though, and you're, like, staggering? Like, when I when I was at university... Get a sholly. <laughs> That's what they all need. My mum asked for a sholly for Christmas. And I was Those like, no. Like old lady little trolley thing. Yeah, the little trolleys that you pull along. I was like, it's not happening. I will not be seen with you. She's not old enough No, I will not allow you to have a sholly. No. She just wants it to be embarrassing. No, no way. Um, yeah, I mean... So basically, what the plan is, is we're going to give out free sholleys to old women so that creepy young men aren't asking to help them carry it. Yeah. We're yeah. going to call it the slaughter slaughter sholly initiative yeah i think the fact that it's got slaughter in the name will let them know it's to avoid being slaughtered <laughs> and not put them at fear we could say it's laughter sholly initiative yeah it's laughter sholly and we can have our little logo that's one of the merch now um a shopping trolley. as an aside this episode is brought to you by slaughter sholly's <laughs> which you can purchase our first sponsor <laughs> our first sponsor <laughs> we promise we're not got a conflict of interest um, so one woman that he did go and be friend was Mrs Griffiths uh, up until this point oh he has uh, potentially murdered a homeless person um, but he which is difficult he said he threw this homeless person from a bridge usually they're found under a bridge like how did he lure them up I don't know offered to carry their I'll carry bags. your sleeping bag for you 
so he he knocked on her door to ask if she needed um, some shopping doing for her. I think he'd met her a few times. Yeah, he's met her before, yeah. carried her shopping. She said no, and he was really angry that she'd said no to him. Um, oh, she doesn't need things. She doesn't need things. Like, she's got all the shit she needs. I think, I heard that she was maybe a little bit wary as well, and that when she opened the door, she'd had the chain on. So I yeah. think immediately he was felt offended, yeah. rejected, that she was like, okay, he's back. But what I mean, fuck? yeah, she, I mean, he's, she's just proving that she was fucking right, though. Um, so he forced his way in, and he strangled her to death. Um and weirdly he just stayed in the house afterwards so he just I think he was in the hallway he strangled her and then he just sat around in her house he listened to the radio he took a knife and he stabbed the body um, but she was already dead and then he rearranged the body he tidied the house just did like a little bit of pottering around put things away and then left I mean it was horrendous like he the stabbing of the body that he'd calculated exactly where to put it so that it would avoid the skeleton and effectively pinned her to the floor yeah. with the knife just went straight through the flesh so she was pinned there um and she was wasn't found for 12 days yeah tw- i mean this is my there. worst nightmare that and I'm we've talked do. about this before yeah. like how long would it be before someone came to find us i mean i'd get eaten by whatever dog i had at the time i think this is why it's so important for old people to have a routine they yeah. claim it's to make like keep you going no the reason you have a routine is so that when you go missing people notice yeah like even if it's like when i worked in a jewelers we'd have the same people come in every saturday and they'd be like you're not even buying anything why'd you come and talk to me every saturday so that i can report their murder that is why there was um i can't remember what case it was but i was looking i was looking at a case a while ago i think it was in america and um there was um an older woman who was murdered and the whole reason that they found out is because she went and had lunch in a cafe every friday and then the the worker said she's not turned up i think we might have covered it in the podcast actually um but she just hadn't turned up that week and um the woman who worked in the cafe was like right i'm going to the house then because it was so unusual that she just wouldn't come for this lunch on a friday she was there every week they were like stuff it something's happened and they found her um so yeah 12 days she was lying there before anyone noticed um, and when they did find her there was just no evidence to suggest because he, he was so random and he he wasn't someone that she'd mentioned because he was just like had helped her carry yeah. shopping a couple of times it was like and until this point his other crimes had been there wasn't a pattern emerging yeah. he'd been stealing he'd thrown the homeless person from the bridge it yeah. also said that in 73 the year before this he'd pushed an au pair from a train yes yeah I, I looked at that I mean, a Heidi milk. That's horrible, isn't it? I mean, how, but how do you do that without someone noticing? Yeah, like, it must have been moving. Because if you, I mean, if you open the door on a train, that's going to cause a commotion. Like, I mean, it's just 70s, isn't it? Because now, like, on a train line, the CCTV that would yeah. have caught. So I've been on a train that goes cross country late at night, and I was literally the only one in the carriage, and I did think, this is quite creepy. If someone had come in. Um, I think in the end, like I sat on a table because I was like, I can sit on a table. There's no fucker here. Just um, on the table, yeah, just even sat a chair on, on the table reading something. I mean, I was a teenager, but um, yeah, it was it was I'm kind so of... anti-establishment. I, know. I won't sit where you tell me. <laughs> I can put my feet on the chair and everything. Did you take your shoes off? Probably. 
And I probably had odd socks on. I used to do. Do we used to do that? Take your shoes off in the cinema. Like, yeah. I'm getting comfy. Yeah, I'm. A, it's like I'm at home. I'm a fucking rebel. It's like I'm at home on the sofa. I could do anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to do all that shit. Like that. That kind of like. <laughs> That's as rebellious as we got. It's like, like gothic. I'm, I'm a good girl, but I think I'm rebelling. I'm singing on the bus and people can hear me. Like, <laughs> I'm sitting on the floor in a public place. Yeah. <laughs> I did shout get naked at Jamie Oliver once in the British Smith when he did a book signing and I was like oh, I'm so bad <laughs> he just laughed it was when he was the naked chef though so, oh, and it, so just it wasn't even that creepy <laughs> no it wasn't even creepy so in 1975 he's only 22 at this point uh, he met 89 year old Adele Price and he followed her into her flats by holding keys and sort of shaking them as if like he was about to let himself in and she was just like I'll hold, I'll hold the door for you just assumed he lived there um, and he told her he felt faint and she offered him tea but he said no 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 tea I'll, but I'll have some water thank you um, that's how you know they're fucked up yeah they don't drink tea I know hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And to a boy right now is from Leeds. Lovely Yorkshire born. What kind of tea do you drink? Nothing! Doesn't drink tea! Not even a Yorkshire. You're a psycho. That is crazy. Luck. <laughs> but if there's one thing that's worse than murder, it's leaving someone hanging, not offering them tea when they come around. Yeah, like straight off. Have that a is, tea. That that, that's why I'd do a murder. As soon as I walk in your door, kettle's on. Uh, so once inside, he told her to go to the bedroom and then he strangled her with one hand, with his left hand. <gasps> not even maybe he was left handed no he wasn't he was right handed not even with his strong hand with his weakest hand it was almost like a this just how strong I can I mean she's 89 there's nothing to be excited about me like that's not going to be no, winning she might any have awards wide neck <laughs> but um yeah just with his weak hand just strangled her to death just to show how strong he really was uh, there was no motive a strangle is so difficult as well I was yeah. reading something about, about how, how difficult is a strangle. Well, no, it was when I was doing Mary Piercy and they were talking about how they would have had to, like, if she was a Ripper ca- candidate, she would have had to have 
knelt on top of the body and like pushed down like so that the full weight force of her weight was going on the windpipe otherwise you she wouldn't have been able to do it yeah they're saying it's really hard to strangle it's much easier to suffocate than to strangle really I I mean I'm not going to test it I'm just taking the word for it Mackay later said he felt um, peculiar before and after each killing so he sort of he said like a whiteness went into this sort of daze isn't it but I'm not sure if that was I mean he seems to have just been quite open later with how he felt I mean like he'd had the suicide attempts he'd been quite honest like saying you know what I think I'm a danger I don't really I can't control myself afterwards when he spoke about it and he did, but he did say that this white mist would come down over him. Yeah, it's hard to know. Uh, so after killing Mrs. Price, he took a nap. It's all t- it's tiring, no, particularly with your weak one hand strangle. So he he had a little nap, um, and then her granddaughter woke him up by pressing the intercom on like the the front door of the block of flats. She didn't get a reply, so she let herself in, and he just walked past her on the stairs. So he left as she came in. She assumed he come from a different flat. Um, but imagine that I mean imagine him walking past her knowing exactly what she's going to find when she gets up there and just not giving a shit it's just it's just horrendous uh, so she let herself in and she found her grandmother and she just and her grandmother was locked in the bedroom uh, from the outside and she assumed it had been a heart attack but the police said look the, if the door's locked from the outside you know don't touch the body this is a murder scene um, and they actually got a commendation for that for um, picking up on that so quickly because it did give some work. evidence yeah but there wasn't any evidence to link Mackay to the murder still because he was just some random bloke yeah I mean they did at this point start to suspect okay there's two old ladies in similar circumstances there's possibly a link between the two women yeah but nothing to link to Mackay uh, if it was now there'd be some CCTV that nabbed him on the way there or if it was now or... have you ever been in an 89 year old's flat they have them ones where you can Turn on your TV and look at the cameras right outside your house. Yeah. Like, old women are obsessed with watching their own driveways. I'd get that shit. But, I mean, there's certain demographics of people that murderers do go for because they're vulnerable. And one is sex workers. um, Women. uh, And the other's, like, old people. Old people, Harold Shipman murdered, like, bundles of them. I mean, they were just coming to him, though, weren't they? He didn't have to work very hard to be in contact with a lot of old people. Yeah, I know, but he, he'd also go in their houses, like, legitimately, wouldn't he? He'd just be yeah, like, it's true. And he'd got all the drugs. Uh, so, um, at this point, he yeah, so was, this was working, m- moving around. So Adele Price was murdered in March 1975. Yeah. Also in March 1975 was when he committed the murder, which would lead to his arrest. And before this point, 73, he'd killed the au pair. 74, he'd also killed Stephanie Britton a four-year-old, and her four-year-old grandson, which isn't talked about a lot, and I think just isn't proven, isn't definitely linked to him. Yeah, so he admitted um, to he 11 murders afterwards, but yeah. was only could only be charged for three because yeah. of lack of evidence. They were just such random people in such different circumstances that there was nothing to link him to yeah them. there was also a bludgeoned tobaccoist who was killed with a lead pipe which doesn't fit his ammo at all but it's um, very cluedo yeah very cluedo uh sarah rodwell the um he was killed on a doorstep and uh, the killer took 10 pounds which potentially could have been him um and then ivy davies a cafe owner who was killed with an axe so all these a lot of murders that he later 
admitted to didn't they weren't they weren't easily tied together but we'll talk about them in a little bit um so he became good friends again with father korean yes now he went back to father korean um tried to have a little chat with him and things went downhill he says he said in his memoirs that he began to annoy him i think also he was upset because uh, when he's hanging out with the Cowdery lads they'd started making little jokes about him be like oh friends with that priest are you probably gonna have sex with you you're gonna get bummed that kind of stuff yeah. that kind of jokey like oh this is a gay relationship oh he's he's into you and uh, Patrick Mackay had kind of gone oh no it's not no Fuck it's you. not Jay, when like someone's like oh your girlfriend blah 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 and they're like no no and then they dump them because yeah. they can't take the insults from some random kids um, so this had got in his nerves and then so he went to visit him and it just it was it all kicked off in uh, in Kent yes his little house in Kent well it's not a little house it's a beautiful house um, but so he was in there talking to him and he, like I say he started to annoy him yeah and he beca- he beat him he in his he described the series of events that happened said he began to hit him punching him in the face smacking him with the side of his hand he makes quite a big deal about saying I hit him with the side of my hand they said like his dad used to do to him like like um, lobster boy I was like are you well yeah are you lobster boying or are you just bitch slapping (laughs) boom like maybe he was like oh they're gonna see the slap marks and say I'm a bitch so I'll just say it was the side of my hand (laughs) he wasn't Um, a bitch slap so he starts doing that and then escalates it he father korean manages he did try and restrain him father korean managed to get away and ran to the bathroom and like pushed the door shut trying to stop him getting in um but he was an older man by this time um and patrick mckay was still uh in his 20s early 20s um so he was able to push uh, through the door he had an axe with him I assume some sort of wood chopping thing it's like a cute little village I imagine that's why axes were just lying around for his wood fire he had an axe took it to the bathroom door and got in and then he also had a knife with him and he began to he pushed Father Korean who fell backwards into the bath and he began to continue to punch him he stabbed him in the neck repeatedly he stabbed him in the face and then said that he tried to stab him in the top of his skull, but his knife became bent. Yeah. So he switched to the axe. Yeah. And with the blunt end of the axe, was um, kept smashing his skull and split it. And the documentary made quite a big deal about there being still being particles of brain on the axe that they had right before them, which I thought was pretty grotesque um even even with his brain hanging out father korean was still alive so he, like his brain was exposed and he still was um, putting his arms up to try and defend himself um and Mackay just carried on and, and a, a, just it went straight through his brain with the axe like he he just completely caved his head in father korean fell into the bath and obviously his body was in there and he just put the water on and filled the bath with water with the body in there yeah, he said, uh, Mackay mentions that at this in this attack, he mentions that as I picked up, uh, as Father Crean begged 
not to hurt, be hurt, I felt excitable. And then as he picked up the axe, he felt more excitable. And this murder more than the others, he describes as enjoying it and actually remembering the details yeah. of it. Whereas Being the other ones, he said, oh, well, maybe, I'm pretty sure it was me, but I don't really remember. This is the one that he really goes into detail about. And wants credit for. Um, after that, he went to see his mother, uh, went to the cinema, and then went back to London. So straight after, he just goes and watches a film. Um, one of the nuns phoned the police saying that um, Father Cream was missing then later called the police saying they'd found the body obviously completely panicked um, and straight away the uh, the police considered Makai as a suspect yeah. because and of their relationship someone he knew this time wasn't it like people yeah. knew that he knew him I love the way that they found him too so the police said they were like right we, he's got links to this Mackay who's been in mental he was known to the police he'd been in and out of institutions he'd had he'd been um, he'd been convicted for other violent crimes not murderous um, and they knew that he was friends with another priest back in London so they contacted this priest who yeah. remained unnamed who said right well he's friends with the Cowdery family didn't have any address for them so they literally went to the electoral register found a big list of every cowdery in South London first name on the list went to the house knocked on and there's Mackay sat on their sofa yeah like I just love the it's like in love actually but then he has to go to like four four houses first and then he finds Martin McCutcheon standing in the hallway swearing ahead of so yeah it was it was so jammy it was the first it was jammy like and now it makes it look like oh they're such they did a stellar job the police but if they'd have had to go to 45 houses on the (laughs) list before they found him it might not be so impressive yeah and so they caught him they arrested him he confessed uh straight away he said yes um i killed him and then um i like that the police as well said in one interview i read that he confessed so quickly and was really compliant because he was heavily hungover. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, to be fair. I was like, yeah, I can totally imagine that. Like, when I'm that hungover, I'm just like, there's no, I can't be asked to lie. You just have to be like, I'm so sad right now. Just put and me in a dark room. Just take me away. Just Do what you will. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he uh, he was quite introverted and shy, according to solicitors. Um, he claimed to have lost control. Uh, he had poor memory of most of the murders. He didn't confess to the murder of the old ladies, but his fingerprints were found in some cases. And then he just started confessing to everything after that. Um, so yeah, I mean, he even is again. It's like other ones we've mentioned before. He can once he was there, he started confessing to things. And there's even there's one article. Um, I forget where I saw it online. One article from a newspaper where they're saying that, oh, did he escape from prison? He didn't, but basically what he's done, he's, he's he confessed to a murder. <laughs> that he was in prison. That he was yeah. in prison for a violent crime at yeah, the time. And obviously the newspaper spin it, oh, he must have escaped. But basically he started confessing to a lot of things, some of which he can't have done. So like I said before, although the count is 11, he could only be charged for a couple. So it's like he was like, in for a penny, in for a pound. I'll get everyone else off the hook. Like, I'm yeah. going down anyway. Um, I mean, so he was desperate for help. His whole life he'd been crying out. He'd wanted to die. And yeah. then I think he just got to the point where he was like, nothing really matters. Yeah. So he was tried for five of them. He pleaded insanity. Um, and they they argued that you can only be put into Broadmoor 
if you can be treated. I didn't realise this. We've talked about a few murderers that wanted to get into Broadmoor, and this is the first time that I'd heard that they will only accept people they think can be treated. I think, yeah. But then they said that obviously, and then they said a psychopath you can't treat because you just are a psychopath. Yeah. So he he has gone to a normal prison. He still is in a. Which he seem it seems like because psychopath is is a mental disorder, really, isn't it? It's a different state of being, I guess. Um, I think they, the idea with Broadmoor is that eventually you are released and eventually you're treated. But then I, I know that quite a, a high proportion of people don't ever get released. No. And it's it's almost harder to get released from there than prison. Um, I think they were just like, why try and treat him? That's not going to work. Just lock him away forever. Yeah, just put him with some people who have done less crimes who yeah. are who might be released and let's give them one of the most violent serial killers we've ever had let's just shove him in there with them yeah um i mean his attorney bless him did his job did you see his attorney he looks like he's chewing on a mouthful of dentures he had no chin his chin has got i mean yeah he was adorable he was adorable he, he looked was... like a cartoon character he did yeah it's like somebody's draw like a little basset hound became human yes yes and then they drew him as a cartoon. He's yeah. adorable. He did his best. I mean, the trial itself, they had they had um, psychiatrists independently who just were like straight out, yeah, massive psychopath, like yeah. nothing to be done. And the trial itself took 20 minutes for the judge to hear um, the case against him. And there was just no contest. Like, yeah. done, job done. And he's one of he's one of the few one of about fifty people that were have been sentenced to life meaning life like yeah that's it yeah these, so although these he's not gone to Broadmoor out. like the, I think that's partly why he wasn't sent there because they wanted to make sure there was no hope that he would get out yeah uh, the in the documentary one of the final quotes was so the schizoid was locked away God <laughs> good God Fred you can do better I bet that wasn't Brian Wilson who said that because he's the best. <laughs> Okay, so one of the things that I got bogged down in with research this week, which I don't normally do, is I started reading people's comments on YouTube videos and on articles, and I found them hilarious. (laughs) So this led me to look in some forums to see what people were saying about it, mainly because I was trying to find out what Patrick Mackay is doing now, if he was alive or dead or whatever. So I stumbled across this forum called prisontalk.com brilliant which had a rather interesting conversation about Mackay that went slightly awry and I thought you might enjoy hearing it yeah um so a person called Wolfpack started off with I'm writing to Patrick Mackay I write to him because I read a short story on him on a criminal library website and became interested in some of our similarities oh good god I eventually read pieces of a book that was written on him and decided I should definitely... They put defiantly. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> decided I should definitely write to him. We both love art. And are Nazis. Oh my good Jesus. He killed 11 people. He resides in the UK. He should be- what, is this where the similarities continue? Both Nazis. He killed 11 people. Is this some sort of confession? Well, he doesn't... Yeah, I was going to say he doesn't differentiate. He just <laughs> yeah. continues immediately. He should be in a mental hospice and not... A, yeah, he's still... I hope these aren't the similarities. <laughs> we should both be in... Well, I mean, it's starting to sound like a... 
He should be in a mental hospice, not a prison. It frustrated me so as I have read in the book and wrote to him accordingly. He lived everywhere. Stockwell Finchley, Gravesend. Irrelevant. (laughs) So, after this, JJ's pen pal. So, I'm not quite sure who JJ is that they're um, corresponding with. But they're only murderers. Jonestown. No, he's dead. Oh, Jim. Yeah. So, JJ's pen pal then says, Mortimer, you're a Nazi. That probably isn't something you should publicise. I think most of us would agree we're trying to build a world where love is stronger than hate and where we respect diversity of race, religion and sexual orientation, etc. These forum members have got some quite like moral codes. We're trying to build a world where love is the outcome for all. We're trying to have a nice, loving conversation about serial killers. I'm going to say, I bet JJ loves his letters. Like, just respect people, JJ. Let's just have a world of love, not hate. He obviously thinks he's... He must be thinking he's giving a service to these serial killers brilliant um someone else just totally ignores the whole nazi uh, thing and jumps in with um he's probably not forgotten Lindsay. um i think it's different if he's famous and he'll still get mail from people <laughs> all right Lindsay. okay thanks for that um then somebody actually takes this seriously and says being a nazi is nothing to be proud of <laughs> off not the cleverest person in the group but definitely in the most Indignant. I will inform the British system to watch Patrick's mail from anyone in the USA. You seriously need psychiatric help. That was in caps. So they're just going to write to them and say, please watch his mail if people from the USA write to him. Yeah. I have concerns about this serial killer corresponding with, what, someone who's a Nazi? He's already a Nazi. Yeah, but he's got someone on the outside who sympathises with his beliefs, I think would be a problem. That's the whole reason most... I mean, I think it's weird that murderers are getting mail from anyone that isn't on a list of people they can receive mail from like why is that a thing that anyone could just write to these people yeah i do think that's weird it's like these people are dangerous and shouldn't be out in society but any fucker can write to them and have a conversation through letters as long as it's letters they can't get in your brain (laughs) like it's bullshit i think that is weird um but then imar hofer um decided that he would set the tone of the group and let people know Uh, by saying, I can't believe you're for real. But if you are, please do us the favour of staying out of our chat group. We are a serious group of people who are trying to help each other with problems. No, you're not. You're pri- it's called prisontalk.com. Yeah, what problems are you trying to help each other? It's not like myvaginasmellsfunny.com. Like... Oh, God. Why was that the first problem that came to your head? I have no idea. My vagina smells fine. Mm. <laughs> But they are a serious group of people who are trying to help each other with problems as well as give comfort and advice when we can. I think you should seek help for yourself and it definitely could be a problem not to you but others around you. May God bless you and lead you into the light. <laughs> but may like, God bless you. That's all. That's such a Christian death threat. May yeah. God bless you and lead you to the light. <laughs> Strike you down. Then the moderator gets involved Good. which we hope would be the so voice of he's, reason. He's going to boot him out, right? So... The moderator says, Please keep this thread on topic, and as far as I know, this topic is not about Nazis. If you want to discuss about Nazism, please start another thread. <laughs> or better, another forum. This will be the one and only warning. Thank you, Phil. Oh, Phil. Excuse me, but you are supposed to be talking about a serial killer here, not Nazis. He, he doesn't care. He's just like, 
just make a separate thread let's not mix topics no just like, like that's my least favorite thing like that's some of the mixing topics radio, is like worse than the holocaust <laughs> apparently according according to phil good god <laughs> so wolfpack then decides to reply to one of the commenters who apparently was called poo says poo please understand i'm not a dangerous person i'm one of the sweetest people you can find Unless you're fucking Jewish, clearly. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm a little manic, but good-natured and humorous. Oh, as long as he's got a sense of humor. I'm only dangerous to myself. I used to be a Nazi oh. during my high school days because I wanted arrogance and aggression as a birthright. I had a lot of anger at that time. But he's felt out the nature of the group and gone backtracking here, hasn't he? Not backtracking enough. Like, if you really want to put it right, just say, like, oh... Lols, I was, was only joking. Not, oh, well, I was a Nazi once. No, I'm not. So then he continues, I only intend on writing Patrick as a mean for finding solace ah! in confiding to someone I can relate to. Oh, yeah, because you're both fucking Nazis. Why do you want to talk to him to relate to him? That's, I mean, that's more he's fucked not up an than empath- anything else. He's not an empathetic character. Yeah, he's a psychopath. He doesn't give a shit about you. We both had terrible childhoods. We both had a lot of anger and went through a series of doctors who shrugged their shoulders. I don't know why you feel that you must notify the British system. What I don't know what this is. It's now become the British system. <laughs> yeah, this the Brits. Just because I've related to somebody. <laughs> no, you can. He's a not. No, it's because you said you were a Nazi. Yeah. Um, I think it's a bit much. But if you feel you must perform these acts for his or our protection, then, well, I respect your decision, even though I don't like it. This is the fucking weirdest, nicest forum I've ever seen. Like, where's the, oh, you made a spelling mistake, so therefore you're a dickhead and should be burnt alive. Like, that's got to come up somewhere, surely. It gets dark. Oh, God. (laughs) I regret being so honest and candid on the message board. I am very morbid with my artwork. I sometimes cut myself and drink, but that's as far as it goes. I've never hurt any friends or loved ones, and I never could. I've only had fights with strangers and those who harassed me. Oh, okay then. So he does definitely punch their faces in. He definitely is attacking some people. Yeah. I'm not going to write to Patrick about that or seek advice in anything with him other than a casually written friendship. My last letter was about California and why I love reading Nietzsche. <laughs> like, Patrick doesn't need any fucking friends. He's locked up. Hope to not cause you have any trouble in reading this. I am, for the most part, Mortimer. What's well, the fucking other part of him? Yeah, fucking multiple personalities now. He then continues. Um, and with a long talk, again, trying to convince people that he is only going to be talking to him about Nietzsche and California <laughs> and art. I'm just going to talk to him about Nietzsche. I rarely write about myself at all. I write to him about why I chose him. I drew a portrait of him smiling. <laughs> been smiling. I've never seen... Strangled an old woman. Yeah. I mean, the pictures that we have of him smiling, and I wouldn't call them smiles. But if he, maybe he's had to obviously imagine that one. I have sent him some photographs of some common loons at Back Bay, but I've not sent him my photograph and would like to think not to. <laughs> but I can't make any promises. That's a very different sentence to, I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, I would like to think I probably won't. I'd like to think that I'm really going to try not to send him a picture of me. <laughs> 
I'd like very much to encourage him to go into a mental hospice rather than a prison. Oh, because he's going to make that decision. I'm going to go into a mental hospice now. I really don't think he's got a choice. Want to know what he's funny? It's funny that they say he can't go to Broadmoor because he's not insane. And goes on a little bit about what we talked about in the podcast. Still saying that he can relate to him. Um, And finds it therapeutic to talk to him about birds and Nietzsche. Again, a lot of talking about birds and Nietzsche. (laughs) Um, So, then a few more people indignantly come in. Atalie says, did you say you're a Nazi? As in a skinhead or a follower of Hitler? How very odd. But each to his own. (laughs) They're all very accepting in this bloody forum, aren't they? How very strange, and I don't agree with it. But if that's what you want to do with your time, then that's fine. That's literally the end of the thread. Someone coming in. Let's just clarify. You are one of the followers of one of the most evil people in history. Okay, then. Just just clearing it up. Very strange, but, you know, whatever you want to do with your time. Whatever floats your boat. (laughs) So, an interest... I mean, I was surprised. I... Get, obviously I know that people write to serial killers and some and like um, we know that some, a lot of serial killers get like fan mail but I always assumed it was more just like people wanting to save them people like either like morbid curiosity sort of like us or I thought it was people wanting to marry them at yeah or like or like a save them nurture them like possible like relationship thing I didn't think it there would be sort of I believe everything they believe and want yeah. to make friends that's random the backpedaling was amazing like <laughs> yeah. initially we've got similarities I want to talk to him about it make friends with him go to no I just want to inform him about California and birds <laughs> that's my aim <laughs> Um, so if you uh, want to tweet us or you find any other forums that you want to share with us you can find us on at Slaughter the Pod on Twitter um, you can look for the Facebook group just look for um, S apostrophe laughter true crime podcast and you can add me um, under my profile and add you to the group or just go straight and get approved for the group and I'll approve everyone uh, but please don't write Nazi things yeah, on, we, on we're thing. not going to be as accepting of Nazi things, no, I don't will, think. We will not say to each his own. We will say, good day to you. Um, go find some other group to talk about. And uh, you don't, can join yeah. our Patreon. Um, if you enjoyed this Slash and Dash a couple of weeks ago that uh, Luke did, then he's going to start releasing his own episodes on the Patreon for people who give $5 or more. Um, uh, we can't promise they'll be worth it. Um, also don't forget the Franklin Bolville Anagram Challenge the prize is a sense of pride <laughs> and um, remember listening to Slaughter doesn't make you a psycho being a Nazi does and writing to Nazis and then pretending you aren't one also kind of does Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.